Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Tuesday, April 20th. You stoners. Today on the show, the Tennessee Volunteers get yet another transfer quarterback. Justin Graver of Broadway Sports Media takes a look at the offensive line possibilities for the Titans in the first round of the NFL Draft. But we begin with the Nashville Predators snapping a two-game losing streak at Bridgestone Arena last night. Of course, the 440 is brought to you by our wonderful and amazing and spectacular friends, the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They are trustworthy, they are talented, and they are a holistic approach to doing big work on your house. This isn't some three-man contractor group that just spun off trying to make their own money here. This is a business with an in-house design team so that every single part of the process is streamlined, organized, and aligned with your vision. Check them out, the Kingston Group. The website is buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. Let the work do the talking. After a two-game losing streak, the Nashville Predators won the first of three games this week against the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2 on Monday night. The Preds scored two in the second and two in the third and moved to 6-0 and against their arch rival in the Central Division for the season. Matt Duchesne got things started for Nashville in the first seven minutes of the game with a deflection, just his fourth goal of the year, and Nashville never trailed after that. Callie Arncroke scored his 12th of the year, Matthias Ekholm and Luke Cunnan got on the board, as well as Tanner Janot scoring his second career goal in the third period. UC Saros made 32 saves and snapped his own two-game losing streak as well. It was the 18th time in his last 20 games in which he's allowed two goals or fewer. The two points are huge, and the Predators can essentially end the Blackhawks' season this week with yet another win on Wednesday or Friday in Chicago. And yes, Nashville is still safely in control of the fourth and final playoff spot in the division. However, there is almost literally no room for error. As I have warned you on this show for weeks, the real team to watch is Dallas. And after a shootout win over Detroit on Monday night, the Stars have won four straight games and have passed Chicago in the standings. Dallas is just three points back of Nashville with three games in hand and one extremely large head-to-head game looming on May 1st. Nashville is down to just nine games left in the regular season while the Stars have 12, including three more games against Detroit in a row this week. So regardless of who they are facing, the Predators have to keep the pressure on and keep compiling points because the Stars are gaining ground. Puck drop against Chicago on Wednesday night is 6 p.m. University of Tennessee got some interesting news as Joe Milton, former Michigan quarterback and four-star recruit out of Orlando, Florida, has announced he is transferring to Tennessee, or at least we all found out about it. He's been enrolled in classes. The six foot five, 240-pounder from Michigan adds yet another body with some experience to the Tennessee quarterback room. Now, he was a four-star recruit. He got some playing time. Josh Heupel certainly is familiar with him because of the Orlando connection. Unfortunately, Joe Milton, with all of his talent, he's got a big arm, he's got a huge frame, he's, he looks the part under center and in the shotgun, above average athletic ability. It just has never clicked for him. If you go watch the tape last year in week one for Michigan against Minnesota, it finally looked like he had put it all together and was in complete control of the offense and put together one of the best games I've ever seen him play. And then he completely fell apart and so did the offense the rest of the season. I don't think Joe Milton is necessarily better than Hendon Hooker. I'm not sure he's going to be better than any of the other players that are on this roster that still have yet to develop. He's had time, three years at Michigan. He's played in a dozen games and has thrown five touchdown passes. 
Joe Milton is dripping with talent. He absolutely looks the part, and certainly adding another body to the room is only going to increase the level of competition for everyone around him. And that is good news for Josh Heupel and Tennessee fans. But is he the guy? Is he clearly better than the rest of the guys in that room? I'm sorry, it's not the case. I have not seen it on the field. He's got all the talent. He's got all the tools. I have never seen him put it together other than that one game. So if you want to get excited, go watch the Michigan-Minnesota game from last season. Otherwise, ignore the rest of the tape because he's just another guy in that quarterback room right now. Today we continue our look at who the Titans should target with the first-round draft pick, whether it's the 22nd overall pick or whether they move down. So we bring in Justin Graver of Broadway Sports Media, of course, at Titans Film Room on Twitter, and host of the Music City Audible podcast. We've talked to him on previous shows about edge rushers, about wide receivers, and about cornerbacks. But I wanted to talk to him today about the offensive line, who the Titans should target, and if they go that direction, who the possibilities at 22 or in the first round could be. I know Ben Jones is the heart and soul of the offensive line. I love Landon Dickerson. I love everything about him. I love his vibes. I love the talent. I love the athleticism. I love the attitude. I think he would be a benchmark sort of linchpin for the next 10 years for this franchise. I don't know if they're going to take an interior offensive lineman at 22 or if they trade back. In your opinion, if they were to go offensive line again in the first round, which certainly would immediately turn Twitter into a giant sewer, where did, where should they go? What players do you like at that position? And frankly, what positions do you like for the Titans? Yeah, I think that I don't I don't see them drafting an interior offensive lineman this year, and that doesn't mean they won't take a developmental guy on day three or something. But I do think that just because there's so many neat like cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, and then I guess right tackle are legitimate roster holes. Edge rusher too. Like you need guys that can play this year at those positions. So because of that, like, yes, you need to plan for Ben Jones's eventual retirement and Roger Saffold's getting up there in age two. And you have a good young guard in Nate Davis, but you definitely need more youth on the interior. I just don't think this is the year. So I do think that right tackle in the first round is a very strong possibility that Titans fans are kind of just writing off that maybe they shouldn't be writing off so strongly. I mean, John Robinson, I've said this on my own podcast, John Robinson has spent a first-round pick on a right tackle in two out of his five drafts. That's 40%. <laughs> That's a lot, okay? And they still haven't solved the position, right? The first guy they drafted signed a new contract, and the second guy is not in the league. So they that, they cut Dennis Kelly. Like, maybe last year you think, oh, wow, maybe right tackle is not as big of a need as we thought because Dennis Kelly is playing at a high level. But, like, obviously, John Robinson disagreed because he cut Dennis Kelly. So a guy I love at pick 22 is Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State right tackle. And he's he's definitely one of those guys who's like a better run blocker than pass protector, but I think that's perfect for what the Titans are going to want to do on offense. He played right tackle in college, so you're not looking at a switch from left to right. Like there's other guys I love, like Alex Leatherwood, another Alabama guy, could be a great versatile prospect. He's played guard, he's played tackle, but he played left tackle mostly for Alabama. He never really played right tackle. He played right guard, but he never really played right tackle. So Asking someone to come in and switch sides, like, sure, if you're going to start Kendall Lamb at right tackle, maybe you could do that. But somebody like Tevin Jenkins, you don't have to worry about. And the thing I love most about him, first of all, he's a, he's a hell of an athlete, 36 reps on the bench press, 32 and a half inch vertical, uh, five, almost five second flat, 40 of 5.01. It was a 9.36 relative athletic score, RAS score. So super athlete, but it's his attitude that I just love. I've been reading the interviews that he's done with Justin Mello, my Music City Audible co-host. One of the things that his offensive line coach or his strength coach told him, like, in order to be able to take the next step from like, like, sort of effective tackle to like legitimate first round prospect, 
he needed to go out there and start road grading mother effers. That's what he told Mello <laughs> that his strength coach told him. So obviously, you know, the Titans want to run the ball. Uh, both of the tackles that John Robinson drafted in that first round were guys who were maulers, who were a little bit better run blockers than pass blockers. And I think Tevin Jenkins just fits that mold of exactly what they're looking for in an athletic tackle who can get out in space and move bodies in the run game. So I think he's just a perfect fit for what Tennessee wants to do on offense. Sounds exactly like a strength and conditioning coach, if you ask me. <laughs> I tend to agree with Justin that interior offensive line, even though I'm obsessed with Landon Dickerson, or offensive tackle are probably not the pick in the first round, but Titans fans probably need to be prepared for that. It does feel a lot more like edge rusher or corner are the smarter move there, but those are your options. Tevin Jenkins, of course, his pick if the Titans were to go offensive tackle, particularly right tackle in the first round. We are brought to you by the great folks at the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home award winning, I might add, custom home and remodeling firm. When you're ready to undergo that big project that will make you a little bit happier, make you a little bit prouder about your home, and oh yeah, it'll make you a little bit of money too, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Their work is all over the place, whether it's garages, whether it's pools, whether it's living spaces, bathrooms, closets, kitchens, you name it, they've got it there. So go check it out. BuildKG.com is the website. That's the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Facebook, and Twitter at 440 Media on Instagram. Please share the show. Just tell one person about it. That's all we ask. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.